Peace world. What up, yo? It's your man Head Crack. After Hours Podcast, Episode 7. Yeah, man. Back for the action, man. Thank you for coming along for the ride. And big shout out to all you cult followers, man, that like, you know, are slowly stumbling into and discovering the podcast and sharing it with your friends and your family. Appreciate that a lot, man. We do this for the culture, like literally. You know, I'm not in it for the money. There's a lot of great interviews that I get a chance to have that you don't get a chance to hear in its entirety in the other formats in which I operate on. So this is the platform while let it all rock, man. Head crack after hours. Now with the weather changing, the people's mentalities are changing. You know, you start to think a little different. And the two guys we're going to be talking to today are guys who have thunk differently their entire career. One guy is at the beginning of his career. He goes by the name of Dave East. Now, you've been following his uh, trajectory for a minute. You know about the mixtapes. Uh, he recently released a project called Paranoia. Got a chance to see him at 83C. Yo, the ladies is really rocking with that dude. And the fellas rock with him because of the thorough abilities that he has as an MC. And then second up, we got Redman. Oh, man. When I think about... Guys, and like, you know, who I would like to pattern my rap career after, far as just like longevity and just like the ability to still lyrically stay hungry. Redman is one of those guys that's on my list. You know, he came out back in 1990, 1991. You know, he's featured on some records with, you know, EPMD and whatnot. And he really parlayed that into an amazing career. Now he's currently doing TV shows. He's directing things. He's always been a dope producer and a DJ. And the dude continues to travel around the country doing the things he loves. So we're going to check in with him as well. But uh, in the meantime, but between time, I got to tell you that this episode of Head Crack After Hours is brought to you by the shirt of the month. Now, a lot of you guys don't have no swag and you're trying to figure out, ooh, what am I going to wear today? You don't know. Well, listen, if you go to the shirt of the month.com, you pay one flat fee and every month a new shirt comes straight to your doorstep. Pretty cool, pretty easy, pretty convenient, right? You need to get down with the get down. It's the shirt of the month.com. Pick, rock, repeat. It's that simple. So be sure you check them out. With no further ado, let's get into it. After Hours Podcast, Episode 7. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise one time for Dave East. Yo, 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 what's good, my G? East Harlem is in the building, man. We here, what's good? Yo, uh, first and foremost, I want to shout you out, man. Mm -hmm. The level of lyrical savagery which you have displayed mm -hmm. on damn near everything I heard you on mm -hmm. is uh, refreshing. Especially you, at a bro. time where you hear a lot of people really scaling the raps yeah. back, not really going in, but also having a style that kind of appealed to so many different coasts. Yeah. Some cats are so East Coast, some cats are so down South, but mm -hmm. you, you threw the ball right down middle but it's heavy east yeah I, um i feel like just for me traveling and moving around and just having family in different cities and just um from playing ball before traveling moving around i know different sounds like i know what they listen to in la i know what they listen to down here so i just try to put all that together when i put my music out because i don't want to Put myself in a box, like you know what I mean. A lot of times, especially like when you look at basketball, right? Cats come out play basketball. Next thing you know, they hit in the studio, mm -hmm. working on music. Mon mm -hmm. Shumpert, he's one of those dudes that's actually kind of nice with it. I don't know if you ever heard him rhyme before. Nah, I hate Mon. Yo, right Mon's dope. People sleep on a Mon Shumpert. Damien, I heard him rap. I I caught a couple of his joints, but mm -hmm. like Mon been real consistent with it. Are you good enough at basketball mm -hmm. to actually go in reverse, like do your music thing, and then possibly make it on a oh, team? Go, go back to ball? Yeah. Mm, I mean, if I put my mind to it, like, probably cut out a lot of different things I do now. I don't know. I ain't played ball in man long, like, serious, serious. If there was, like, a rap basketball team, right? Yeah. If it was a three-on-three, -three, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, similar to what Ice Cube's doing right now. Yeah. Other rappers? Yeah, other rappers that play ball. If they was on your three-on-three -three basketball team, who would uh, be serving everybody? 
I probably get Cam and Game. Now I just know Cam can play ball. I don't, I don't really know a lot of rappers that's nice. Like I know Cam nice. There's a lot of people who claim to be nice, but you just don't know. Like Two Chainz says he's nice at playing. Yeah, basketball. I already nice. I heard J Cole nice too. I know Two Chainz broke his leg recently. I don't know if it was playing basketball or not. And it was funny because it happened like right after he walked out of here saying if he fell he would fall cool. Yeah. But something tells me he didn't fall cool. <laughs> I know better. I know better about Bro. that. I know better about broken bones. I know better about the healing process. Mm -hmm. And I ain't got time. As tall as you are, if mm. I ever saw you fall off of any, like, it's, you would fall if, like a coward. Like, if I fall off anything, I'm so cool, I make it look like it's on purpose. <laughs> you gotta know, I'm not finna be sitting there, oh, somebody come get me. Like, like, if I start down, down. I, go, right. I go to doing the prints. Right. Good, you. <laughs> I won't. Yeah, you know the whole thing, you know. I'm doing that whole thing. So anytime I fall on stage, whatever, it's a part of the show. Yeah. Something tells me that fall was disastrous. But anyway, back to the interview. So listening to the album, a lot of dope songs that stand out, a lot of great collaborations. There was one line that stuck out at me uh, where you said you was riding through Miami listening to Shad Day. Mm -hmm. What is it about Shad Day that just appeals to, like, no matter how hard you are, mm -hmm. no matter where you're from and what walk of life, what is it about Sade's music that connects to people in such a way? Um, With me, that's all my dad was listening to. Like, growing up, my pops listened to OD Sade, like, my whole, like, from, like, birth to maybe, like, I left his house. That's all my pops was playing. So I just, um... It's, with me, it's her voice, her voice, a, a, a beat selection. It just like make you feel like you on a beach, like you on vacation somewhere. What's her, your, what's your favorite shot joint? Uh, Color of Love, probably. Oh, uh, Kiss of Life. Uh, yeah, Kiss of Life. Man, I remember like who I was talking to when that record dropped. It's like she make that type of music to take you to a certain space, mm -hmm. which I guess like you know all artists aspire to do. Like when you look at all the records that you got on uh, Paranoia, what's like your favorite song? The song that you feel like yeah. this is really Dave East. This is who I am. Um, probably found a way. To me, it just reminds me of where all this came from. You know what I mean? Like where it started at. Uh. My journey, what what I had to go through to get to where I'm at today, so it's just like a real um, motivational record for myself, like just reminding me how far I came. Now, when you look at the game of hip hop in regards to like credit, um, you know, there's some cats who get co-signed by people, mm -hmm. but their credit is still at a, a six hundred, four hundred. Mm -hmm. Like the co-sign you got from Nas, I think you know put a lot of people's eyes on you and made them pay a lot more attention. Mm -hmm. Like you know, when you first had that interaction, initial interaction with Nas, what runs through your mind? You know, knowing a guy like him is like into the movement. Mm -hmm. uh, with me, our first conversation was dope because we um kind of from the same area in Queens. I used to live out there where he from. So we um got a lot of mutual homies, like know a lot of mutual people in the hood. But with me, it was like it didn't, it wasn't real. I didn't think it was real because I'm like, it was Nas. I grew up on him all my life from watching him on Belly. I had all his all his albums. Like I just always looked up to him. So for him to get behind what I was doing and really tell me like you got it, you know what I'm saying? That was different. It just gave me a level of confidence where. I was like, all right, bet. Uh, I'm, I made a good decision by rapping. You know? Like, I imagine he reached out to you first, yeah. obviously. Like, I know his brother. Me and Jungle cool, was cool. I mean, that's that's bro, but I knew Jungle before I ever met Nas. Uh, just from being in Queensbridge, Jungle be out there. So Jungle put me on first because a lot of the younger dudes in the hood was um, getting in tune with me. 
Like I had did Funk Flex freestyle. I had a few mixtapes out, a few different freestyles out. So the hood was talking about it crazy. Like all of the younger dudes or the girls, they was just just was talking, saying my name, saying my name. So Jungle, uh, he put, I guess he put him on because me and him had one combo. He was like, oh, yo, my brother feeling your music. I'm like, he feeling my music. That's crazy. And he was kind of broke down. I had a label. He had a couple other artists, but he was like, he wants you to like be the dude that he get behind, like for real. You know what I mean? Then I got a call from um, Nas' manager maybe two weeks after Jungle told me that. And um, he told me the same thing. But he kind of broke it down a little more. He was kind of told me the label, who the artists were, and exactly what Nas was trying to do. And then um, I remember I called my mother. I was like, yo, my Nas want to sign me. This is crazy. Like, she was like, did, who you heard that from? Like, did, did Nas, you talk to Nas or did somebody else? I'm like, nah, I ain't speak to him yet. She was like, don't sign nothing. Don't do nothing. Drastic till you speak to, to Nas, you know what I'm saying? Then I got a call from him. He, he invited me. He had a, um, he was doing a documentary for the Illmatic. Illmatic, he had like a, um, he was going all over, but it was at the uh, the Museum of Modern Art in the city. And um, he invited me and my man Wayne over to that. It was like a red carpet event, mad other celebrities and all that. So I was kind of like, this is crazy, like, you know what I'm saying? And he, was talking about getting in the studio with me. That's all he was talking about that whole night. Like, he taking pictures with people. He meeting, he shaking hands, doing what he doing. You know what I'm saying? But in the midst of all of that, he like, yo, man, you got to get in the studio. We got to get in the studio. So in the back of my mind, I'm like bugging out. Like, yo, this is real life right now. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But that's big bro, man. He, I just feel like he helped me in so many other things besides rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, we talk about life more than music. So it just helped me maneuver through everything I'm doing. Going into a studio with a cat like Dave East, you're starting to build a reputation for yourself to where, like, yo, like, you definitely got to bring your A game. Mm -hmm. Now, has it been anybody that you've gone in the studio with where you felt a little bit more pressure than usual? Uh, nah. Maybe with Nas. Like, he probably the only artist, like, if I'm in the booth or if I'm in the studio with him, just because of what he done did. You know what I'm saying? So that, it don't be no pressure, but that just be in my mind. Like, right. Like, damn, like, this is... It's Esco. Like, no matter how many songs we do together, it'll always be like it's the first time. So, um, probably him. I'm a heavy competitor, man. Like, I, so I don't... As, as you... People should I'm, be. I'm on everybody. I don't, like and I, you could be my favorite here, rapper. You could be the coolest guy in the world. Like, once we... When we try to make a song, unless we doing something like... Like, I wasn't trying to burn Chris Brown on Perfect. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But if, if, if we rapping, like... And that's the goal of the record, to rap and, and show who could rap. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't holding back with nobody. That's like, if you're playing against your friend, you still want to give him 50, you want to dunk, you want to do all, you don't want to not score because that's your man. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't, I ain't holding back on nobody. So with the Chris Brown record, Perfect, I mean, and granted, I haven't seen this in quite some time. Like, mm -hmm. for you to be, like, what I consider a hardcore hip-hop artist, mm -hmm. like, you know, core, backpack, grimy, cypher style. Mm -hmm. Chicks was rocking with you heavy before the Chris Brown record. So yeah. now, with this Chris Brown record catching fire, doing what it's mm -hmm. doing on radio and in the clubs and whatnot, yeah. have you noticed a, a level of shift? Uh, yeah. are, are, are the DMs getting a little wetter? <laughs> or, or, or is the demographics to show up to a Davey show is it changing up a little bit yeah the shows is different I ain't gonna front every every show since I dropped Paranoia have been totally different than any shows I was having before and uh yeah the girl the girls the female reaction is definitely uh everything I wanted but it's it's lit man it's, it's not bad right now at all 
I feel like they um they I needed a record for them. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, majority of my music is street. I'm I'm that's what I know. So I be talking hood. You know what I mean? Stories in the hood, like Grammy, like you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm used to. So for me to um do a record with Chris Brown with a tempo like that, that's for the, that's aimed for the women, like I feel like it was a, a good look for me. Harlem is undergoing a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. When you compare, like, the way Harlem is now compared to Harlem of, let's just say, 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. do you like what you're seeing around there, or do you kind of miss, you know, the old days when, you know, it was what it was? Um, it's like half and half. I feel like there's a lot more um, opportunities now in Harlem, you know and I'm seeing a lot more uh, positive Businesses, black owned, a lot of a lot more black people doing things in, in Harlem. But I feel like uh, it's a little it's weird. Like Harlem got weird, yeah. And it's like it ain't the the uh, just the energy changed. The, the whole energy of Harlem changed. I miss like just the whole like the fly and everything. I don't know. It's just mad different to me now. I feel like when I was younger, it was a lot faster. You could see the money a lot more. Um, you know what I mean? Clothes, all that was a lot different. Like, the streets was different. People was outside more. All the parades was lit. Like, all that was different then. All that died down. Like, a lot. But I feel like uh, times just changed. Like, I feel like the different uh, people that then came into Harlem as far as the money, mm-hmm. the uh, just the different people that then moved into Harlem and brought their businesses into Harlem kind of changed it. A lot more police, cameras everywhere. Like, Harlem was wide open before, like, you know what I'm saying? I can remember you could get money everywhere, every day, all day long. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, now it's, it's a little different. People still get to it, but it, it just changed. People used to always talk about how dangerous Harlem was, like, mm-hmm. especially in like the 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. I felt the safest in Harlem mm-hmm. during those times. And just to see it change and become so, like, yeah. I mean, not to say whitewashed, yeah. but I've never seen... It's a lot so, whiter. So I've never seen so many free-moving white people in Harlem ever, Harlem especially at all times of night. Yeah, it's a lot whiter. But, you know, there's it's a lot of students, a lot of... Um, it's just changed. A lot of students live in Harlem. I see that now. Got you. And there's a lot of businesses, a lot of new restaurants, a lot, lot more money, new money came into Harlem. It's it just changed Whole Foods. Whole Foods, all that. That's scary. <laughs> I remember when it used to be like just key food. Now you got Whole Foods. Y'all coming up. Listen to the lyrics, right? You know, yeah. you know. Sometimes people can like you can do music and they can kind of fake the street life. I can mm-hmm. tell. I could tell by your lyrics, you was really in it. Mm-hmm. What was the event that happened that made you be like, okay, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and I'm gonna put a little bit more time and energy into this versus that? Um, honestly, I would say I was already on it, kinda. But my cousin, my cousin Freaky got killed in Philly. He got shot. Um, and that same year, like, my big bro got locked. He got sentenced to, like, five years. My little homie got sentenced to, like, seven years. Like, it all happened at one time. So in my mind, I was like, damn, the closest people to me, that's that's what just happened with them. Like, so I kind of um, refocused for me. I cried that whole summer. Right, summer 2014 is when I really realized, like, I can't afford to, um, to BS no more. You know what I'm saying? I can't afford to be having certain individuals around me if they're not trying to do nothing. Like, right right before Nas signed me, my, my mind got like that. Really? Like, well, out of all your friends that you grew up with, mm-hmm. like, that were, like, your close buddies, like, who's still around? Uh, a few. Maybe four or five. Four they or five. get to go on the ride with you? Yeah, like, two with me now. That's what's up. That's my little brother. 
Like like blood, same, little brother? Same mom, same dad. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. It's been my guy forever. He from Harlem. So, um, yeah, but I lost a lot of friends, man. Like, a, a lot. Like, even even that be alive, you know what I'm saying? They, they, I just lost a lot of, like, just with my, my transition into trying to become something after ball didn't work. Like, I can remember when ball didn't work, it was, it was all good. It was like, damn, that's, that's messed up, but you in the hood. It's, I mean, it was all good. Like, yeah. Cause I failed, you know what I'm saying. So it was, it was cool. As soon as a little success start coming, like I, I see it change. And then the people that was really like my cousin Freaky, I talk about all the time. That's the one who told me to rap. You know what I'm saying? Like really told me like oh, you should do that. Like take it serious, focus up, and, and lock in. And he didn't get to see nothing. He got killed two weeks before Nas saw me. So you know out of everybody you could think of, is that probably the person that you wish was here to see all this? Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he's probably proud of you, though. I, mean, I, yeah. I definitely know he's proud of you, man. Like, everything that's mm -hmm. happened, it seems like forward trajectory and just nonstop blessings. Yeah. Like, when you think back and see a rhyme Rolodex, do you remember the first rhyme you wrote and what it was about? First rhyme I wrote probably was about straight guns. <laughs> All guns. I was I had a gun fetish. But I don't... Nah, I was heavy, like... Like, like I liked, like, Cassidy, Murder Mook, uh, Styles. Like, I was heavy, like... Bars, like I was in the bars for. I didn't get personal till like Black Rose, till like like my first four or five mixtapes is just I'm just flowing, trying to say the most clever. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't really into like my personal life or speaking about that. And as soon as I did that, it, it spread. You know what I'm saying? Like the record Numb. I got a song called Numb, where um I'm really talking about just them feelings of me not uh not feeling nothing just from losing people and. Just what life do And after, from that record I seen a shift in my whole life Just musically That was the first time I seen people tatting lyrics on their body You know what I mean? Like the number And I was like Damn, I've been spitting wild bars You know what I'm saying? Like nobody was tatting them bars on them But the pain Like the real Like you know what I mean? Like they, it, they takes, it takes a lot to like make people, you know, peel those layers back. I tell people all the time, like, I mean, like you could rhyme, you could rhyme, you could rhyme, but your yeah. story is so unique yeah. to you that, mm -hmm. you know, people could drop a dope metaphor, a great yeah. punchline any mm -hmm. day, all day, but like your story is so unique mm -hmm. that, you know, you can't really replicate that. I tell like young dudes in Harlem and that I know just in New York all the time, like, it got to be more than just you being able to rap. Like, I could, if I could just rap and I had no story or enough, none of these things never happened to me, but I could still rap the same way, I don't know. I might have not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you know when it's authentic. You can hear it. You can really, like like you just said, if you really get in tune with certain artists, you could tell what type of life they done been through or if they done kind of made it up a little bit. You and there's two sides of the spectrum. There's some dudes who rap so awful that you believe everything they're saying. Like, yeah, I definitely believe you selling coke because you didn't spend time working on your crap. <laughs> and then there's some dudes who are just smart and like just still, it yeah. cuts through so hard. You'd be mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, I definitely believe what he's talking about. It's too specific yeah. to, uh, to this thing. like you had to be there. Yeah. That's how I be feeling. Like a lot, of, a lot of music I hear, you had to be there. Like with a lot of Nas early music, you know what I'm saying? Just me being familiar with the bridge, I knew what he was talking about. He might be saying names or saying blocks that you don't know what he's talking about, you know what I'm saying? But me being familiar with the projects where he's from, I could, oh, all right, talking about homie or, it you connects, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah connect. Um, thinking back to like 88, when uh, like Eric B and Rakim was like, you know, really catching a wave, mm -hmm. Nation of Islam, being a Muslim in hip hop, it mm -hmm. was like an amazing thing. It was like, you know, such such a new new energy came, yeah. you know, repped it well, brand mm -hmm. Nubians, uh, KMD cats like that. Mm -hmm. um, being a Muslim yourself at a yeah. time where, you know, shoot, 
at different times, depending on when you're looking at the news cycle, Muslims are vilified more than the regular black man. Mm -hmm. How do you, uh, I guess, keep all that, I guess, I guess keep your religion intact, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and still continue to practice, but not be, uh, I guess, like deal with the scrutiny mm -hmm. that a lot of Muslims get currently in 2017. Um, with me, honestly, I just try to blank it out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, Allah know my intentions and what I'm, what I'm doing and when I praise, you know what I mean? That's between me and Allah. It's not about no opinions from nobody or how they feel, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's me and my, my, my God, you know what I mean? So, I feel like I get both. I get the hate, you know what I mean? And like, I wasn't born Muslim. So, I get a lot of that. Like, uh, I got a, uh, a Jesus tattoo on my arm that I got when I was like 14. I get a lot of screw. Like, how you Muslim and you guys, like, people just be mad dumb, I guess. <laughs> like, you yeah. can't, you know what I mean? But I converted to Islam when I got out of jail when I was like 22. You know what I mean? 22, 23. So I've been a Muslim going on six, seven years. You know what I mean? Who was it that explained it to you? Uh, my bro, Bully, Big Bully. He, he was born Muslim. And my father, my father was into it. Um, like during like uh, when like the Malcolm X like around that time like when everybody was super mm -hmm. pro like my my father said he followed the the ways of of Islam you know what I mean but he was he was Catholic you know what I mean I'm, I'm West Indian and Dominican like this is that's mostly Catholic people you know what I'm saying so um me me becoming Islam that was a decision I made on my own like I may have one aunt aunt that's Muslim everybody else in my family is Catholic or Baptist. So uh, with me, I, I get both. I got the, the the people that's hating on hating on me, or just or just having given. I'm not gonna call it hate. I just say that that's their opinion. You know what I'm right. saying? How you in the club around women and bottles and how you do that, but you praying to a lot. And I mean, like then I have the the younger the younger people that understand my lifestyle, understand I'm a rapper. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm I'm a Muslim, but I'm a rapper as well. I'm a father as well. I got a lot of different. Titles, you get what I'm saying? Like, and I have to be each one of them. So if I don't, I might not be making my, my rapper people happy, but I'm making the Muslim people happy. I might not be making my Muslim people happy, but I'm making my rapper people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, if people really listen to the music. There's actually a message yeah. behind what you're saying. You just saying on these records wilding out. Nah, and I'm not, I'm not, um, like I said, I feel like there's no, no perfect person mm -hmm. and there's no perfect religion. You know what I mean? I just feel like Muslims catch so much scrutiny just based on the way the, the government has perceived them on CNN and just 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 in general, just the news. You the get crazy what I'm thing is, like you know, if if you want to go statistics, mm -hmm. you know, like there's more radical bad things done by your quote unquote Christians yeah. on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You know, versus you see how they talking about the Vegas shooter? Yeah, he liked country music and uh, they talking about him like like. But let that been, been, you know what I'm saying? Somebody oh, with a beard. That, that and a, man yesterday and a lost his way. Yeah, they talking all type of like, they just want, they just trying to paint him to be such this good person before, before the massacre. Like he was such a quiet at home, listening to country and Western. Like nobody care about none of that because they don't check none of that when it's, when it's a Muslim or it's a minority or it's a black person. They don't care about none of that. You know the first thing they check? Your jail record. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could have had a, a, a red light ticket. They're going to bring that up. You got stopped at the red light right before before he did that. Like, that's what they talk about. So with me, it's like, my religion is my religion. I don't care who feel a way about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of these radical 
crazy, you know what I'm saying, bugging out. I stay to myself and my family, you know what I'm saying? And it is what it is. It's radicals to each religion. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, to each religion, I feel like, I, like I said, I just feel like Muslims catch the most scrutiny because of current events, you know what I'm saying? Like, current shit, like 9-11, all that type of stuff like that, that got, they, we got that blame, you know what I'm saying? And that ain't, that ain't cool. I mean, the media plays a major part in mm. selling fear. Yeah. Like, that's what they're here to do. Like, that's whatever what narrative they want to paint this time around mm -hmm. is the narrative that they're going to paint because they have to have somebody to point at and be like, hey, that's the bad guy. Only way to stop that, you turn the news off. That's, yeah. the, that's the only way. It ain't happening. The news, that's a <laughs> yeah. billion dollar industry. You talk about earlier, like, you used to be a gun enthusiast. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like needs to happen with the current state of gun control? Um, hmm. I feel like, you know, okay, you can't wrestle the guns out of people's hands. People yeah. have the right to bear arms. I totally get it. All the police got guns. So I feel like all the civilians should have guns. But there's certain types of guns, like the type of guns that they use yeah. in the Vegas shooting. I mean, nah, like, not like you shouldn't you be. You can't even hunt a deer with that. You shouldn't be walking around with no no purge weapons. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't. That shouldn't be going down. But I feel as though uh, if a cop could go to take a class, you know what I'm saying, and get a, get a badge because he passed the class. You get what I'm saying? Now he gets the right to bear arms and walk around with it and back it out whenever he wants to. Like you know what I'm saying? But if you get caught with a gun, you're gonna go through three years in prison in New York. I feel like with the gun laws, it's like, it's never in our favor. Nothing's never in our favor. So it's like, I'm one of them rappers that they always ask, like, well, do you feel like your opinion matters or you should speak up or protest? I'd be like, I could, but what is going to do? I mean, people need, <laughs> what, people what is people need to do? hear more voices, like, especially yeah. from our generation. Yeah. Rappers are the civil rights leaders right now. Whether y'all whether whether like it or not. I feel like everybody that did it, man, you 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 put a target on your back, man. And not that I'm scared of a, of a target or nothing. I didn't already put a target on my back just becoming who I am. But just the history of people that decided that that's what they wanted to do, be revolutionary or really want to go, it ain't work out. It ain't work out in our favor. They, sh they shoot them down. They go lock them up forever. So. And the thing with me is... I respect it all. I respect what they doing with the NFL, taking the knee. Oh, I respect all of that. But we never been hurt, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they may, you know, talk about it for a little bit or uh, Black Lives Matter. It might be hashtags and things like that, but ain't, ain't nobody hearing it. They don't really hear it, so... Not the people that can control it, they ain't hearing it. It goes through waves to where, like, it's a big thing that people are paying attention to for a second, and then it goes away. Man, you know, like, people was all mad at Beyonce at the Super Bowl performance. Mm -hmm. Ah, there's a time place for everything. But nah, like, you should maybe say these things mm -hmm. at the time and place where the most people are watching mm -hmm. so we can start the conversation, start the dialogue. Like, reading these comment sections, yeah. even when you talk about Kaepernick, yeah. these people are truly in a place where they don't understand. And, like, at all. I mean, you could beat them over the head with it till they understand, but I think the worst thing to do is, like, not talk about it because there's mm -hmm. there's some people out there who are so far removed from the experiences that we have yeah. they don't know what we're going through they yeah. don't get it you know? so they, it could never bother them you know what I'm saying if, if you don't understand something it's not gonna bother you that's why nothing that be going on bother Trump you don't understand it you don't know how it feel to be broke <laughs> or yeah. none of that you know what I'm saying when I look at Trump's presidency it reminds me of Back to the Future 2 when Biff had got that almanac facts and he, got the, nah. he had the lotto numbers like what he it says, makes it's, no sense he said it's make like a tree and leave <laughs> Facts. That's that's Trump is Biff from Back to the Future, <laughs> yo. That's crazy. What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, probably Goodfellas. Classic. Goodfellas. My man Henry. Jimmy Conway. I like mob movies, man. Like.
Oh my, from Once Upon a Time in America. Yo! Casino. No one has seen, like, as many people who tell me they like mom movies, yeah. nobody ever talks early, about Once Upon a Time in America. Early De Niro. That's like De Niro first joint. You gotta you got, see that. You gotta clear your schedule to watch it. Yeah. It's long as shit. Mad like, long. <laughs> I remember I had, my pops had the, um, the VHS. It came in a big double. Remember how they had the VHS and it'd be two tapes? Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. WPIX, Channel 11, New York. They yeah. ran it one Sunday. It came on mm-hmm. two. It went off at 10. Word. Like with oh. the commercial, it was long as hell, but everybody that was dope at the time was in it. Was on, yeah. Mad Young. That's yeah, when you see young. De Niro, Mad Young. When you catch your interviews and when you see you out of the street, it seems like you're always serious. But what, yeah. what does Dave East laugh at? Man, I be joking all the time. I think it's just my face. And I, it'd be certain moments. They'd be like, why he look so mean? I'm always laughing. I laugh all day long. Good stuff, bro. Well, hopefully you can laugh at this. We got this game called Got Five on it. Okay. Whenever people come through, we, we play the game with them, man. Okay. Uh, you're intelligent, dude. Very sharp. And everybody knows that Harlem has breeded some of the dopest rappers to ever do it, man. Okay. Uh, big shout to Big L. Big uh, shout to Cam. Killer. Big shout to yourself. Uh, big shout. Who else we giving Harlem? Uh, you know, Joel Santana. Uh, uh, just naming a few. With that being said, uh, you, you'll have uh, 10 seconds to name five of this thing I'm about to ask for. Give me five famous Yonkers rappers. Styles P, Sheik Looch, DMX, Jadakiss, Damn. <laughs> the locks in DMX. That's what I was about to say. Mary J. Blige. You could have cheated through Mary J. Blige in there. Because, you know, she rhymed on what's the 411. I would have gave that you that was, one. That was, that, was, that was right here. Because that that's was the only rappers round. I know. That's just, to, uh, that's just to wake you up. Uh, now, I was reading that, uh, you know, some of your favorite stores, the Barney, Saks Fifth Ave, you like going to foot action. Uh, with that being said, give me five sneaker brands that no longer exist. <laughs> I don't know, B. <laughs> Everything I'm thinking of is still out. Deodora still exists. I don't Whoa! Know. They still selling them? Yeah, I still see them. Yo, were you like me and thought that Deodora was like a separate, like offshoot brand of Adidas? Yeah. I totally thought they was like. Damn, I could have thought of a few. Alicia's. Shot the Lottos. Lottos. Ponies. Capers. Yeah. Troop. Troop. BK. I don't see British Nice no more. It, you're a food enthusiast. I understand you have a uh, sandwich named after you, Dave East. Uh, with that being said, give me uh, five places in Harlem to get a sandwich. Hajis, uh, Manners, uh, <laughs> I go to I go to two spots for sandwiches, man. Hajis, my block. Now, now what's best chopped cho- chop the- cheese in New York City? It's like a like a Philly cheese steak. Okay. But it's like, uh, it's chopped up. Sounds dope. Now, what's on the Davey sandwich? My sandwich? Yeah. What is on my sandwich? I got a sandwich? Yeah, I, I, I saw some interview that said they named a the sandwich after you in some sandwich shop in Harlem. Uh, might be that. Okay. <laughs> might be that. Now, I come in and order the Davey. <laughs> Just see what I get. Hope for the best. So, with the success that you're having, before you go, my brother, yeah. uh, the album's called Paranoia, a true story. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't picked up the previous mixtapes, be sure you get on that. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Chanel and also the Hate Me Now project. Mm-hmm. You said there was five mixtapes before that. Where do you go to get those? They all online. Datpiff.com, uh, Hot New Hip Hop. Like, all oh, you go Google my name and they all pop up. They popping up. They pop up. So, do you stay in Harlem? Nah, I don't, I don't live in Harlem no more. I move. I'm right there. I'm like right there. I'm five, ten minutes out of Harlem, but I'm not in the town no more. Secret location. Yeah. I got a daughter. I can't be. Well played. You know what I'm saying? Well played. How is fatherhood treating you, man? You enjoying it? It's dope. I miss her. I miss her crazy right now. 
Do you, do you think your though. album would have sounded different if your first child was a boy? Uh, that's a good question, bro. Maybe. They say girls soften dudes up. Maybe. I haven't been fortunate to have a daughter yet. Apparently, I only make Buicks. I'm three boys now. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't know if I'm going to shut May- the factory down yet. Maybe, man. I don't, I don't know. I feel like with a boy, I might have been a lot more... Uh, she definitely softened me up. I'd just be a little more... I'd be like, man, stuff that used to get me real mad or I might have blacked out before. I, I kind of catch myself now. So, yeah, she def- she matured me more than anything, like... You know what I'm saying? Like, just my temperament. She kind of woo-side my whole situation. Like, in a proper situation, kids are supposed to make you a better you so you can make the kid a better version of you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I was blacking out before her. I'm glad you see that growth. Oh, I was wild. Then, like, it got to the point where you had to be like, okay. I was blacking before before she was born. I'd be thinking, I'd think a lot every day that I'm where I'm at. (laughs) For real, man. You and baby mom getting along well? She cool. Yeah, you just gotta do the best you can. She, she cool. It is what it is. I don't speak on that. She, she cool. Okay. And it sucks like when you're like in a, a position of fame, like where people ask you for money and they see you with nice things, yeah. and they ask you for a weird ass amount of money that they know you have. Yeah. Like you can't lie to people and say I don't have forty dollars. The Western Union, you can't. Let me hold sixty three cash. I get it right back. Sixty three dollars. Heard you. Well, yo, after this next album, people going to be asking for $630. <laughs> the name of the album is called Paranoia. The Paranoia. artist is Dave East. Where can they go to find go you? Go get it, man. On social media? Yeah, um, Instagram, at Dave East. Twitter is at Dave East. Um, I'm on Snapchat, too, is at Miss You Leak, M-I-S-S-Y-O-U-L-I-K. There it is. Thank you so much, my brother. Thank you, bro. Dave East, y'all. Word up, man. One time for Dave East, man. If you ain't picked up his album, Paranoia, A True Story, man, be sure you get on that immediately, man. It's a solid project from top to bottom. You know, and bringing it from one current Def Jam artist to a former Def Jam artist. I think he might still be on Def Jam. Talk about Redman. He has a new show on VH1 called Scared Famous. By the time you see this, maybe you might be able to catch the repeats, or maybe you'll catch it while it's still on. But this dude has figured out a way to constantly stay relevant within the culture. You know, from the time he came in the scene, he made a name for himself, a big splash, you know, running with EPMD, Eric Sermon, Paris Smith, the whole hit squad with DOS Effects and all that, to even finding solo success and then finding duo success when he partnered with Method Man and on doing records with the Wu-Tang Clan. Redman has proved time and time again that he's that dude. You know what? Let's take it back to the first time you maybe ever heard Redman on record. This was hardcore. Take a listen. I got it going on. Since I'm up next to flex, you can bet I drop heavy so girls grab your cortex. I catch fits when I blitz around brick, and my lip gets to the point to rip some more flyish. Red man ready to rock rough rhymes. Renegade rapper, rip when it's rhyme time. Pump push your pen and pilt to when I'm pissed. Pack pissed through posse, flow some more pro ish. Beef I fold up, funky to floor A. Up your freak words before play. Quickly, quiet is kept, never crack on a cute tip. I quote, I throw lines like a quarterback. A monster, murder motherfucker. Aye, now that was Red Man in 92. Let's see how he sounds in 2017. Before I poly, red light in the Bob Molly. So I can cipher God bodies from the John Gotti's. Everybody a boss saying they time's money. Women injections, leave them with the odd bodies. Babies having babies, wearing old navy, robbing old ladies. That's a product of no home training. I show you the ropes, I'm narrating Al Heyman. I told Lighty if I hate him, I'ma violate him. Man, I'm not a shooter, but I know shooters. And if them shooters don't shoot up, I go suit up, red man, and the W is televised. We ain't the 
Singing media telling hella lies This a campfire of a vampire I don't sleep with hot beats through the amplifier And they got something to say I'm like, yeah, okay, y'all corny anyway, doc Yo, that was some 2017 Redman. Like, that was featured on the new Wu-Tang Clan album called The Saga Continues, which uh, came out not too long ago. It was entirely produced by their tour DJ, Mathematics, who also is the same guy who created that infamous W logo that you see on all the Wu-Tang Clan products. But anyway, here's the cool thing about this Redman interview. Redman is a huge fan of Ricky Smiley. Ricky Smiley is a huge fan of Redman. So when I told Ricky that Redman was calling in to talk about his new project and all the things he had going on, Ricky definitely wanted to hang around and you could totally see the admiration for both each other's work in the interview, man. So I fell back for a little bit and let the magic happen. But here go Redman and the homie Ricky Smiley. Let's go. Big Red, yeah, what's, what's going good? on, brother? I'm good, man. I'm healthy. That's enough for me, right? Yo, man, there's a, and there's a lot of people who ain't, man. Listen, you so dope. Ricky Smiley hung around. He in the building right now. Man, I'm telling you, man, right here, baby. What's up, boy? Yo, yo, Ricky, first of all, I commend you on all the work you've been doing, man, because you know you from my era, brother. Yeah, I know wow. you got some got some York, Alabama roots. Yes, I do. All my family from back there, like by Meridian, Alabama, and York, Alabama. Yeah. So, yeah. Already. <laughs> I, I don't never get to see you, man, but you made my day in that movie, uh, First Sunday with Ice Cube, man, when you played the old lady, bro. Yo, I watched that movie just to see you hit that, uh, what's that, Red, the comedian Red? Yeah. Red Green. When he blew the horn. <laughs> I watched that movie faithfully just for that part, brother. Very talented, Rick. Bro, I appreciate you. I was listening to you on... What, it was fun. Yeah, man, they played something you was by yourself. I had never heard it before. I forgot the name of it. Oh, my God. But I was jamming. And that was just two jamming. days ago, bro. That's right, brother. We still here, Rick. So, Redman, the name of the show is called Scared Famous. And it seems like you've always had a great relationship with not only MTV, but VH1 as well. What drew you to this project, and why did you decide to scare these people this way? Uh, what drew me to this? Well, first of all, you know, a lot of people come to uh, Redman and say, Redman, why don't you act in movies more? Why don't you do hosting? And believe me, a lot of people ask me to do little parts in movies and, and, and hosting. But my goal is to be behind the camera. I want to direct because I love the feel of just directing and being behind the camera. But when VH1 came to me, they said, all right, we know Redman don't want to host, but we might have something up his alley. And the show, uh, you know, I'm the master of ceremony. And my job (laughs) is to make these big reality stars a chicken because they're playing for a lot of money. You know, right. they play for like 100 bands towards their favorite charity, so they ain't going to get off that easy. We got Alaska from RuPaul's Drag Race. You got Erica Mena, Eva Marcel, Safari, Sky, Tiffany from I Love New York, uh, Young Jock from Love & Hip Hop. Oh. Is this how we find out why he was wearing a dress? You know what? Hopefully, yes. But don't let the dress fool you. Jock was on there being a trooper. He okay. was on there trooping on there. I can't tell you when he left, but right. he was on there trooping with the hairdo. <laughs> okay. And, and, and Jock's a good dude, man. We had the opportunity to do a, a, a celebrity roast for him for his birthday, man. That dude's a great sport. He's so, a dude. So He's a dude. Beyond this show that you're doing, man, you're still traveling the world, man. I saw a video with you in Croatia rocking no less than like 20,000, 30,000 people strong. Dolo. With, with yes. not only the old catalog, but the new material. 
When do you yes. when do you find time to chill? Well, even when I chill, I'm working. Um, I have a goal, you know, like. It's just been blessed that, uh, you know, after all these years that, you know, like a, a couple of people out my era is still surviving and that and, and I'm one of them. At this time, I don't my chill time is when I spend downtime with my kids. I have right. a great balance. I have learned and I, and I commend myself on this to have a great balance of being around my kids, having a great life with them, and, you know, and and you doing this work too because I I'm not talking about just you know spending two days out the month with my kids and and then sending a driver to take my kids to school no I'm a full hands on that when I'm balancing my kids and my work that gives me so much power and so much energy and so much motivation also you, you and you can vouch for me too Ricky like we see uh you know our peers before us right like when I see for example, when I see you, when I see Kango Kid from UTFO, yes, still on the road doing shows, right. When I see Big Daddy Kane, when I see, when I see the Commodores or the Temptations in the town for the night, that right. is enough motivation to say, "Wow, I could keep going." Absolutely. I don't have to let the the audience or the fans say we're too old to keep going with rap. Nah, nah, nah. That's right. only a myth. And I'm going to be one of the first ones to show you. <laughs> right, exactly. Yo, Red, about a month ago, I was in L.A. judging this battle for the Verizon uh, Freestyle 50 thing. And you had a lot of quote-unquote young dudes rock the stage before you. But then mm -hmm. when you went up... Right. The whole atmosphere of the crowd changed. Oh yeah, he got that that energy, man. He, like 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 he's a respected OG. It's like the Pope. It's like I don't care how good you preach when the Pope come out, everybody gonna chill out. But there was people okay. who probably never, who maybe never even saw Redman rock before that night. Right. That had to walk out of their Redman fans because you rocked the entire room. You talking about the one Kevin Lowes was Kevin uh, Lowes, yeah, there, right? At the um the yes. theater. You know what? I, I, I like leaving an impression. Um. Because I'm I'm not naive, you know. I everyone you know is is tuned into the music of today, and they have their opinion of the music of today. Um, I was never the 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 mad rapper or the mad veteran that complained about the music. We all know the problem with some of the music today. Yeah. So I instead of talking about it and instead of complaining about it, I like doing something about it, like putting on a show. Uh, letting the youth see how it is to control the show without lip singing, uh, to have perseverance on stage. I, I, I actually want the new generation to be better than us. I want them to continue to carry that torch and have the generation after them respect them as we respected the generation before us, like Salt and Pepper and KRS-One and Public Enemy and EPMD. You know, we we want we want them to embrace, you know, the generation before them, just like we did before us. So that way, they're embraced the same way. So when you're on stage around amongst the young peers like that, you want to make a great impression. Like, wow, 
this is why the, the 90s era was so pivotal. You bring back such good memories. Being from Alabama, my first time going to New York to do HBO's Def Comedy Jam, whenever I go to New York now, if it ain't if it ain't 90s hip hop, I can't listen to any cuz I'm I'm stuck. I'm right there. I mean, like I want to hear that grimy put on my beat by Dre's, throw on a hoodie and walk downtown through Manhattan, you know, listening to Red Man, Method Man, listen to, you know what I'm saying? Can't listen to nothing but that when I'm in New York. And you shouldn't. Right, you, you should you should like be able you should be right. able right because it don't feel like New York if you ain't listen to them man you don't man bro like it's something it's something spiritual you know what I mean? Come on, New York is the hub of hip hop, right? And I you know you when you when you come to New York you don't want to be in Atlanta or any way down south and then come to New York and still feel you're in Atlanta, right? You right. know, That's my um. <laughs> You, you, I, I, and you know, I blame some of the radio stations as well. You know, bottom line is like Ricky, like in our day, uh, on radio stations, we had balance. Yes. Uh, for example, uh, you know, our, our Nicki Minaj back in the day was Little Kim, Foxy Brown. You know, they talk that, that glamour, that money, but they know how to do it very well. But then again, we had other artists that won as well, like Bahamadia and Nefertiti that spoke conscious rap. Right. And they still won as well. Um, we had radio, the radio stations back in the day play songs that allow you to learn where that the latest hip-hop record got the sample from. We just had so much balance where you can hear hip-hop and the Commodores in the same hour. Right. Yes. And that's what we need. Indeed. That's what we need. We need to bring that back. What was huh? the last thing Redman was afraid of? Uh, Donald Trump. You know what? Red man, orange man, I get it. It's all good. Well, yo, Red, yeah. continue success. We're definitely tuning in. We're watching the show, Scared Famous. Hey, hey, thank I'm, you, boss. Hey, hey, yo, Ricky, thank we, you for everything, boss. Hey, bro, thank you. I'm a, we, I'm gonna officially adopt you as like as my first cousin. <laughs> hey, I'm, hey, we first cousins. Then, hey, cuz, when I see right. you, I only want you to say, hey, cuz. What up, cuz? Proud of you, man. Congratulations, man. Thank you, brother. And that, my friends, is why I love the culture of hip-hop so much. It brings different genres of people together from different eras and different times. And, you know, people connect to the music in such a way that, you know, like, it, it's such an organic thing, man. There's nothing like it, man. So hopefully we can continue to be a capsule that can preserve these moments and highlight some people you may or may not be up on, man. And uh, hope you enjoyed the ride this time around. And as always, this episode's being brought to you by the shirt of the month.com. Listen, what are you going to wear tomorrow? What are you going to wear next week? Listen, the shirt of the month.com got it covered for you. You go to the website, you pay one low price, and you get a shirt mailed to you every month. It's simple. Pick, rock, repeat. The shirt of the month. Com. And you know what else you should pick, rock, and repeat? Uh, head crack after hours. If you haven't rated it or left a comment on the podcast, do so. Share it with your friends. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, put it on Facebook. Shoot, put it on Pinterest. Let people know we out here, all right? Well, until the next time, it's your man Head Crack telling you to be the best version of yourself, all right? See you again soon. Head Crack after hours. Ghost. <laughs> You got to. Yeah.
he got you. Get off!